I'm Autumn Lockett. And this is Mitch Randall. And you're listening to Good Faith Weekly. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly, and it's Easter week. Autumn and I are going to catch up and talk about this Easter as well as Easter's gone by. And then we're also going to be talking about the trial that's going on in Minnesota right now, Derek Chauvin, the officer who killed George Floyd, and talk also about how our new podcast, The Raceless Gospel, is addressing racial justice around the world. And then later in the podcast, we are very excited to announce a new podcast that's going to be dropping on April the 6th, Discovering Wholeness. Autumn and I are going to visit with the three hosts of Discovering Wholeness, Kendra Frazier, Kendall Rothus, and Jillian Drader. So stay tuned. I'm Reverend Starlet Thomas, a womanist in ministry and the host of a new podcast, The Raceless Gospel from Good Faith Media. We're going to talk about that taboo trinity, race, religion, and politics. Season one of The Raceless Gospel has five episodes, five Sundays, if you will. We're going to take you to church each episode. We're going to talk about the sticks and stones, the skin and bones of Christian discipleship through the structure of a church service. And each episode, we're joined by a special guest who will bring a word. The Raceless Gospel Podcast, five episodes, all available March 22nd. I'm your podcast pastor, Reverend Starlet Thomas. Join us as we march into and beyond race, religion, and politics. Learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. Autumn, happy Easter week. Happy Easter to you, Mitch. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Now, and I'm, I have to get my kids dressed for church. Heaven help us. <laughs> well, you know, I remember you talking last week, uh, you know, first time kids were back in in-person worship. Uh, how did it go? Did you, were you able to wrangle them uh, into some long pants? Um, well, none of the pants fit. Actually, <laughs> the boys have all grown inches and same, the shoes same. are too tight. <laughs> And that's not the kind of inches. Like, they were long. Oh, they were okay. too okay. short. Right. And all of us have some extra inches from COVID. Right. <laughs> but, you know, the, the girls' dresses twirled, and I think it was a good dry run so that Easter Sunday will have everything starched. And I had to, like, find my iron. It was just really odd. The kids were like, Mom, what's that silver thing? <laughs> Oh my goodness! Uh, so you're you're going to be uh, worshiping this Sunday at your local congregation. That's exciting. So, you know, I know when uh, my boys were growing up, Missy always had a color palette that she would work from, as uh, yes. we all had to match for some reason on Easter morning. So, do you have a, a color palette uh, this Easter? Um, it's pastels, and uh, really, my theme is: does it fit? <laughs> If it fits, like that's good. Um, it's no matter how much I plan, it's gonna be a cacophony of crazy on Sunday oh, morning. Always is. Always. And is. we just need to get that savior out of the tomb, get those kids <laughs> to church. Check that box. That's exactly right. What about quiet at your house, though, huh? Oh, it's gonna be very quiet. Well, you never know. I mean, uh, w- one of my sons is still living with us uh, for now. Um, so, you know, he may uh, revert back to his old days. In fact, one of my favorite stories on Easter morning, uh, when I was uh, pastoring a local church uh, long ago and the boys were young, uh, of course, I would go out 
for sunrise service and then start getting ready for Easter morning worship. Uh, and so, I know. Yes, yes. Well, we always, know you're such a good Christian. <laughs> I always felt bad because I had to leave uh, Missy home alone to get everything, you know, ready to bring the kids to church that day. And so uh, she told me a story one morning that uh, she was wrestling the boys around trying to get them uh, dressed for church. And, and of course, you know, they had new clothes and they were complaining that they were itchy and, you know, they were uncomfortable. (laughs) Finally, she had enough. And she said, do you think Jesus was comfortable on that cross? No. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the greatest parenting moments of her life. Oh my gosh, they were to take up their cross and follow her to church. That's exactly right. (laughs) Poor babies. Well, uh, we just want all of our pastors and ministers and lay people who are leading worship this week, we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. We hope that everybody has a wonderful and beautiful Easter morning. And as Autumn said a moment ago, we know that all of our goal is to get Jesus out of that too on Sunday morning. Uh, it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication for all of our clergy friends and lay friends who lead worship. So kudos to you and blessings upon your Easter. Well, we've got some uh, news going on across the country, Autumn. Uh, up in Minnesota, the trial of Derek Chauvin is underway. And Have you been watching any of the coverage? Yes, I have been following most of it just through like NPR, just audibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on her at this point? You know, the, after talking, uh, we recorded an episode of Good Faith Weekly for next week. So spoiler alert, mm-hmm. but talking with um, Terrell Carter mm-hmm. about just the the case that was there in St. Louis. I, uh, I'm, I'm not optimistic that the outcome is going to be um, fair. I'm not. I think the part so far that has moved me the most has been the EMT mm-hmm. who uh, was, I think she was on the stand yesterday or the day before talking about how she was prevented from providing care to George Floyd. So not only, you know, did this egregious act happen, but folks who were there who could have helped weren't even permitted to do so. Right. And just the emotional testimony from all involved from the young clerk uh, who called oh. the police on the, the, uh, uh, counterfeit $20 bill that was supposedly used just talking about how much grief he had and, and um, just trying to process if I wouldn't have called the mm. police, then this would not have happened. And just time and time again, we've heard that. And then of course we've heard uh, some of the defense that's being put on. And uh, once again, it seems as though trying to, to blame the victim uh, in all of this. George Floyd's not on trial here, folks. In case you're right. wondering. Yeah, exactly. This is the trial of Derek Chauvin, not George Floyd. But I think you're right. And uh, next week, uh, when we visit with uh, Terrell, um, he tells a story. Uh, not only he talks about the situation in Minnesota, but he also talks about a story uh, that recently developed in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I talk to my African American colleagues and friends, um, you know, it's just basically, well, we don't have much hope. We, there's a very low expectation that justice will prevail, even though there's video evidence, even though there is firsthand accounts and testimony that is being presented by the prosecution. All the defense has to do is to convince one person 
that there is some kind of doubt in this case or that their officer felt threatened in some capacity and the trial's over and it's just it is our system is so broken we've said it time and time again um i i do hope that something comes from this but expectations are certainly low Well, all of this causes a lot of trauma, uh, not only when we're talking about uh, race, but other issues. Uh, But before we get into our new podcast, I do want to mention that if you are interested in racial justice, if you're interested in uh, how race has uh, is created as a human construct, and that we need to deconstruct this idea of race and which doesn't mean, by the way, that, uh, that the gospel is colorblind, it's full of colors and uniqueness and diversity, but race in itself is a human construct that does need to be deconstructed. And we've got a new podcast that was released a couple of weeks ago. Our host is Starlet Thomas, who is absolutely wonderful. Her insights are incredible. The guests that she interviews are extraordinary. And so uh, we want to encourage you to, to listen to it, subscribe to the podcast, The Raceless Gospel. You can listen to it at Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. But it is really insightful and very well done by our media producer, Cliff Bond. It's absolutely wonderful. I've listened to episode one like four times. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've listened to the whole series, but I'm going back and just there's so much nuance and things to be picked up. Every time I listen, I hear something different. and. I also just feel like I listened to it in the context of what horrendous racial things have happened that week. And it just gives me a different angle. Mm-hmm. So I am, I am a podcast connoisseur and it is at the very top of my list. Yeah, it's really, really good. So, and speaking of podcasts, uh, we've got a new podcast that we're going to be dropping on April the 6th called Discovering Wholeness. And as we said a moment ago, a lot of things that we talk about here on uh, Good Faith Weekly, the the issues that we address at Good Faith Media uh, are very heavy. And when we look across the landscape of what is going on in the world, what's going on in the church, we would be amiss not to recognize the trauma that comes from addressing all of these issues. And more precisely, there are individuals who suffer from these issues that we talk about. And in many cases, it is... Uh, trauma that is coming or placed upon these individuals from the church, from clergy, from people of faith who have caused a lot of harm and a lot of pain in this world in the name of religion. And so we have three wonderful ministers, therapists who are co hosting our new podcast, Discovering Wholeness, Kendra Frazier. Kendall Rothus, and Jillian Drader. And we are really excited about this podcast. Yes, and before we listen um, more to our conversation with them here in a bit, I am going to splice in the trailer so you can get a little taste of what that's going to be like. But I'm just so excited that they are addressing this topic um, because I think there are a lot of people who feel like they've been injured by God when they've really just been injured by Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about it uh, 
you know, outside of recording and even on this show uh, at times, about growing up in very conservative fundamentalist churches and the pressure they would put on you as a child and especially as an adolescent and even into adulthood, uh, the guilt. They, they would use guilt and, and fear and shame uh, to somehow, in their mind, inspire you to live better. But a lot of it was false shame, false guilt, and it was an attempt to control you and your behavior. And, you know, I, still today, I mean, I still you know, shudder sometimes at the things that I was told as a, an adolescent and, and young adult uh, from church leaders um, and, and how guilty I used to feel. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have also both encountered folks, you know, just in our good faith media work, um, whether it was a, you know, Black Lives matter rally or a conversation we had with lgbtq plus friends who said you know i wouldn't have talked to you guys knowing this was a religious organization but because we're not in a church like we can talk and then it sparks these whole conversations about like we're not we're not that kind of christian like that's not what we believe like oh no 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 like Mm -hmm. we are also traumatized and triggered by that situation right and so i think just you know, out of these authentic conversations that we've had with people in the real world, really getting to dig through that with a professional. I love the way they're approaching it, that it is sort of almost like a therapy session. It is not therapy, but it might feel (laughs) like therapy a little bit because they're going to take you through some exercises, some experiences that when you get to the end of an episode, you're going to feel like you've worked through something. Yeah. And it's very interactive and they do such a good job of not only talking about these weighty issues, but giving people tangible exercises that they can uh, observe themselves that, that can help them through this this trauma that they're dealing with. So they just do a fabulous job. So uh, we look forward to uh, bringing this podcast to you. Again, it is Discovering Wholeness. It drops on April the 6th, and Autumn and I are about to visit with three of the hosts. Before we get to that interview, though, we do want to recognize this week that it was Transgender Day of Visibility. And to all of our transgender friends out there, we want you to know we see you, we love you, and we are encouraging you with all the hope and love that we can possibly uh, muster up. So uh, keep being who you are. You are loved. Absolutely. And for the rest of us um, who are cheering from the sidelines, make sure you vote accordingly <laughs> and we're seeing some some leadership actually taking some stance for transgender folks walking some things back that weren't necessarily beneficial for them and so one way that we can make sure that we are acting like we see our transgender friends is making sure that we have their best interest in mind whenever we make these kind of leadership decisions absolutely amen well stay tuned for our interview with Kendra Frazier, Kendall Rothus, and Jillian Drader as we talk about our new podcast, Discovering Wholeness, which drops April the 6th. Discovering Wholeness is a new podcast from Good Faith Media for healing trauma, for unearthing self. Because trauma is so pervasive in our communities, it comes into our spiritual spaces our churches Mm. and I'm wondering how trauma is expressed in religious communities. My experience of of sitting in the the pain, the shame and the terror at times 
with some of the people that I have um, sat with that have experienced that judgment, but to the degree of those kinds of really strong words like abomination and you're going to hell. And it's so heart-wrenching. I'm Kendall Rothis, an author, feminist theologian, ordained minister, and spiritual director. Join me and my colleagues, Kendra Frazier and Jillian Drader, as we gather each week to discuss trauma and spirituality, to stay grounded as we heal ourselves and walk alongside those who are healing. Join us and learn more at goodfaithmedia.org. Welcome back to Good Faith Weekly. This week, we've got three very special guests with us. They are going to be dropping a very new podcast that we are excited about here at Good Faith Media called Discovering Wholeness, and is going to drop on April the 6th. So wherever you listen to podcasts, make certain that you subscribe to Discovering Wholeness, Healing Trauma, and Unearthing Self. We are joined today by Reverend Kendall Ray Rothus, Reverend Kendra Frazier, and uh, Jillian Drader. Uh, Reverend Rothus is a spiritual guide, preacher, poet, and feminist theologian. She often works with people on the margins of the church, and she is particularly interested in religious trauma, feminine spirituality, mystic traditions, and at the intersection of systemic oppression and soul work. Reverend Frazier is the CEO and founder of KIND. She was recently recognized by the Route 100 as one of the most influential African Americans in 2020 for breaking down barriers and paving the way for future generations. She's a licensed clinician and ordained clergywoman. Kendra is also the founding executive director of Hope Center Harlem, where she worked to remove barriers to mental health access for communities of color. Julian is a dynamic speaker, teacher, workshop facilitator, author, therapist, and coach. She has worked with individuals and families for over 20 years in a variety of settings and countries. Julian is committed to empowering her clients and public by providing skills and information that will inspire them to live more fulfilling and effective lives. She has provided numerous workshops and educational forums to the general public as well as community organizations. And they, together will be the three hosts of Discovering Wholeness, Healing Trauma, Unearthing Self. Welcome to Good Faith Weekly, the three of you. Thanks. Thank much. you. Good Thank to be here. you so much. <laughs> Wonderful to be here. Well, that was so quite the introduction. We, I'm sorry, Adam. That was quite the introduction. It but was. You three have impeccable uh, experience and uh, accolades. And so we wanted to get, make certain that we got them all in, uh, in the introduction. So we are delighted that you right. joined us this week. And and that's all we have time for this week. So join us. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we are so super excited to have y'all on the show and to be really watching this podcast start to, to blossom. We've been sort of dreaming about it with you all for a bit, and we are so excited. It's going to drop um, in April. So before we really get started, tell us a little bit about how you decided that a podcast about trauma was necessary. Kendall, why don't you start and then the other two can jump in? Yeah. Um, so, you know, a number of things kind of coming together all at one time, I think is part of it. But um, I first met Jillian when uh, we were going through a training program together for spiritual direction. And one of the things that her and I and our friend Allie started talking about 
together was the fact that um, we just see so many people offering spiritual care in the world who um, just simply aren't trauma informed and and it ends up having a really harmful impact on people um, because so many people go to to clergy or faith leaders, right, to disclose their difficulties, their stresses, their traumas, their abuse. And if someone doesn't know how to respond well, you can end up causing more harm or re-traumatizing. And so we just felt like there's a real lack of information out there. Um, and then I've been working with Kendra on some other projects for a few years now, and um, she is fantastic. And she has a special heart and passion and research interest in religious trauma specifically, which has also been an interest of mine. And so anyway, just talking with uh all together, we kind of came up with this idea for a podcast because podcasts just feel so accessible these days, you know, um, they're easy to listen to when you're driving, uh, you don't have to um, come out of your COVID bubble <laughs> to, to learn and, and they're free. And we just feel like this is information that people need to have. And so we came up with the idea for a podcast and things began to to fall into place. I don't know what Jillian or Kendra, you might want to add to that. Go ahead, Kendra. Yeah, I am so grateful that Kendall invited um, me to join as a collaborator and a co-conspirator and host. Um, my work at the Hope Center as the founding executive director, um, I found, we found in our research that the main presenting vulnerabilities in terms of mental health were depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, as we were talking collectively, we thought Jillian and Kendall and Allie and I, we thought um, that it would be appropriate to start some type of trauma-informed podcast that really supported people in understanding their own trauma particularly, as well as how to support people that are experiencing traumatic symptoms. And I mean, if you are alive and breathing, you have experienced trauma, whether it's directly or indirectly, particularly as we have been experiencing this global pandemic over the past year and a half. I mean, I think we all have experienced a level of trauma from being sheltered in place, quarantine, whatever you want to call it. Um, and mental health vulnerabilities have been exacerbated because of it. And I, we all think that this is a great way to inform people. And in addition to informing people, also invite them into more healing and wholeness. Mm -hmm. Oh, good, Kendra. And I, I totally connect with everything that both you and Kindle have said. And I think for me, uh, for a long time in my work as a therapist, but also over the years, um, I was very involved in ministry, so to speak, um, in the Christian world, and actually was also ordained at one point in time. And I just saw so much where the intersection of, of clinical issues, depression, all the things that we've listed, trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, which is an area that I work in a lot in complex trauma, that there seemed to be this big dis 
disconnect between what got considered spiritual in that arena and what considered clinical. And it's almost like the two weren't, there wasn't space for them to be together. And yet I was seeing both showing up in so many different people and still do. And so the need to have this conversation to me just felt really important um, for all the things that Kinder and Kindle have said, um, but also just for that understanding of how do we, um, how do we articulate and help and support people when they're understanding that they're struggling and suffering, but they don't have language and they don't have skills. And so well-meaning people end up potentially hurting others in the process of trying to support. And so it just felt really important that this conversation be started. Yeah. So I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we're excited about uh, the podcast dropping on April the 6th. I'll never forget uh, pitching this idea to our staff before we began to meet a preliminary to, to begin uh, structuring the podcast. I said, listen, I've got a Texan, a New Yorker, and a Canadian, and they want to do a podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> I think it was Cliff that said, sold. That's all you need to say, sold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's talk structure a little bit. Uh, Kendra, uh, obviously, we're dealing with a very... Uh, important yet delicate topic when it comes to trauma. So these important conversations and these incredible resources that you're going to be providing through this podcast have to be structured in a very uh, Mm -hmm. uh, thought-provoking way, but also a thoughtful way uh, because we're dealing with such a a difficult topic. Um, What is the structure of each episode? Is it going to be the three of you talking? Are you going to have interviews? Just walk us through a little bit about what listeners can expect when they tune in. So listeners can expect to definitely hear all three of our voices. Um, We do just an introduction, our first episode, um, give you a little bit of who we are and why we have decided to engage in the conversation about being in trauma informed um, podcast the way that we have um, each person will take turns being the host and kind of the the mass the mistress of ceremony if you will um, and really being in dialogue with um, with the other with I guess all of us um, and we'll go into what trauma is in our next episode dive more deeply into adverse childhood experiences um, we'll talk about uh, the way in which uh, trauma is experienced in young people and children and adolescents and adults uh, we'll also talk about spiritual abuse and religious trauma um, those things that have been named previously and talk a bit more about spiritual leaders and um, the the opportunities there to be more trauma-informed because oftentimes when um, congregants or parishioners, particularly in churches, are going to seek care um, from a pastor and they lack the skill set or the language or the information around trauma, um, there's a great propensity to re-traumatize. So those are some of the, the areas that we'll be hitting um, as we move through the podcast. Excellent. I wish I would have had my episode moved up, <laughs> my episode <laughs> list. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's excellent. Thank you so much. You know, and I think I just, I would add to that too, in terms of, I mean, I think we have some really rich content planned. And then we, we've also tried to be really um, just thoughtful about the way each episode gets sort of structured and laid out because we're, we're all very aware from having worked in this field that, um, 
um, people could get triggered or, or have some mm. strong feelings coming up, you know, as they're listening to these topics. And so we've tried to be really thoughtful about providing some grounding moments and exercises throughout the podcast. And we've tried to think about um, how do we model trauma sensitive conversation, right? Like even in the way that we talk to each other and the way that we talk to the audience, how are we being trauma sensitive in the kinds of word choice we use and in the kind of pauses we give? And so we've really tried to um, to do our best to make um, even the podcast itself as safe mm-hmm. as possible. I love that. I mean, what you're I mean, you're describing this kind of interaction between you and the listener and respecting the listener so much to understand that some of the topics you're going to be talking about could trigger mm-hmm. some very deep emotions for them. So mm-hmm. giving them time to process, giving the, you know, just these moments, these built-in moments, I think is just genius. So mm-hmm. uh, well done, very well done on this, this structure. So mm-hmm. without any spoilers, because we want people to listen to the podcast, um, one of the concepts that you're going to talk about early on is trauma-informed care. And you sort of gave a nod to that a bit ago, um, Kendra, but Jillian, could you sort of lead mm-hmm. us through what that means? Sure. Thanks, Autumn. I th- when we're talking about trauma-informed care, what we want to invite people into is an understanding of what does trauma actually look like uh, and what would you be seeing in a person if you were perhaps a pastor or um, spiritual director or in some form sitting with somebody and you're not a therapist, so you may not understand um, that people will exhibit certain even physiological reactions if they're being triggered in a session or there might be things going on in their lives that would be an indication that there might be some trauma either currently happening or they've been through some trauma. So we want to bring awareness and skills and tools to people so that they're able to sit and be sensitive to those things, whether that's the actual physical space that you're creating for people, whether it's the language that you're using, as Kindle said so well, like making also space to help support people when you're caring for them. Um, in a setting that maybe it might seem foreign to be thinking about these things, um, especially if we are coming from more of a spiritual um, perspective or looking at things through a very spiritual lens, it's easy for us to perhaps think that we need to just, we need to pray more, we need to, you know, engage in those practices, but sometimes those are actually more upsetting or can be re-traumatizing. The things that might be comforting to us might not be comforting to somebody else, or a Bible verse that might be, you know, might seem inspiring for one person as a spiritual leader might be actually really distressing for somebody else. So it's understanding with some basic um, awareness How do we sit with people who've experienced trauma and hold that space in a way that's respectful, that's honoring, that's healing, um, and that's acknowledging that 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 person's world experience may be different than mine. And in another episode, you're going to be moving more specifically, and Kendra mentioned this a moment ago, into trauma relating to spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. In fact, one episode is entitled The Wounded Pastor Caregiver, and another is entitled The Wounded Seeker. So, Mm -hmm. Kendall, why do you think the cases of trauma seem to be on the rise within the church? Um, Obviously, it's always been present, but we're hearing more and more about individuals who have suffered under uh, you know, spiritual oppression, spiritual uh, abuse, and are trying to find ways to to really work on those issues that they're suffering under. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be interested to 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 know what Jillian and Kendra mm -hmm. think because I'm wondering. Um, I'm wondering if it, if the trauma is actually on the rise or if mm -hmm. it's that we're more and more aware That's and able point. to name those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah, my inclination is to think it's been there all mm -hmm. along, mm -hmm. and now um, for a whole number of reasons, um, we're becoming. Um, yeah, just more able to name mm -hmm. those things. So things, you know, I think of things like the Me Too movement, right? Like that's helped women to to talk more openly about assault. I think things like the pandemic, um, we've all sort of experienced a collective trauma together. So that mm -hmm. has made it a little bit easier in some ways to address trauma because we all sort of have a common, <laughs> like a common mm -hmm. experience. Um, I think um, all of the, um, you know, movement for, for greater and greater racial justice in our country has brought things to our awareness, particularly for us white people that we, it's been there all along, but mm -hmm. we were maybe um, blind to it. So I, I just think a lot of things are happening culturally that have made these conversations sure. um, more accessible. Um, so Kitcher, would you say, I mean, in the yeah. midst of this very difficult uh, topic and uh, with people struggling with uh, spiritual trauma to a great degree, that we are seeing some positives from the fact that it is, while it seems to be on the rise, reality is it's being exposed more because mm -hmm. people are finding resources and feeling freer to talk about it uh, instead of uh, feeling, you know, shunned or pushed aside or silenced, that they feeling like they can't talk about it. So people are more open to talk about it. Is that what's going on? Absolutely. I would totally agree with you, Mitch, that it's not necessarily on the rise, but I believe that there is more exposure to the conversation around trauma, particularly, and more information is accessible. I know in the 1980s, we didn't have as many um, dialogues around what abuse looks like, around what it means to um, be a victim of domestic violence and a survivor, around what spiritual abuse or religious trauma looks like. I believe that Marlene Wannell, who coined the term religious trauma syndrome, coined it um, a little over 20 years ago. And so people are still gaining access to even that language of religious trauma and spiritual abuse. And I believe that more work is being done to minimize the stigma on people seeking mental health resources. Um, and a part of that is seeking support around trauma. Mm -hmm. I can think of the church that I recently served in, um, the senior pastor, Michael Walren, did a wonderful job being vulnerable and transparent about his own mental health vulnerabilities, as well as the other pastors on the team. Um, and I think that level of vulnerability makes people realize that they are not alone in some of the wounding that they are, they've incurred at the hands of caregivers or other spiritual leaders or um, of strangers. And to say that, you know, it's okay to name it and it's okay to seek help for it. So I'm grateful for um, those who have the courage to be transparent and honest about the things that have happened and, and their willingness to seek support. Mm, well said. Mm -hmm. 
Jillian, this next question is going to be directed at you. But okay. Open. Bring it on. <laughs> Another vital component to the conversation um, are some elements of race, sexuality, and gender identity. Mm-hmm. Can you provide some hope for people who have suffered trauma within the so-called safe place of mm-hmm. worship uh, mm-hmm. directly regarding their race, sexuality, or gender identity? Yeah. I mean, I, I hold hope in large part because of these kinds of conversations, the fact that we are here together today representing um, a broad range of those, um, those pieces that we have, we have different race represented here. We have differences in gender um, and sexuality and identity. And, and I think that um, I've been hopeful as well in the conversations that I've been invited into within church settings where there has been an acknowledgement, especially of um, issues around gender identity and um, sexual orientation and the ways in which people have been so wounded and traumatized and marginalized. And um, I've been just really moved by the openness and willingness of certain spaces to have these kinds of conversations. And so I feel like we're coming to a place where um, in the same way that we're recognizing trauma, as we were just discussing, that it isn't necessarily on the rise as much as we're, we're having these conversations, that there also feels like we've got a long way to go. We've got a long way to go. But I feel like these conversations are beginning to open up and there's just a lot more willingness to accept and acknowledge as well, first of all, that these woundings have happened, that these traumas have taken place, um, but also that there's an openness to learn and to grow together. And I'm just so honored to be a part of this conversation because I think it's one of the most important conversations we're having in our culture and society right now. It's been far too long in coming to this place and we, we have lots more to discuss, but I feel like this is a step towards that and just the opportunity to be together in this space and um, being open Mm. that I think in itself, just that acknowledgement can bring such hope that, that these voices are being heard and people are being welcomed and, um, and we are, are sitting in that together. Yeah. Jillian, I just agree with that so much because it's like, you can't heal a thing that is covered up. Right. (laughs) So that the fact that there is more conversation happening and more truth telling happening, that gives me hope. Mm -hmm. Me too. You know, I think, again, we're so excited about this podcast coming out. But if there's one thing that has been revealing for me personally within this last year of pandemic has been a real surprise in an attempt to have conversations more precisely about race. Uh, after uh, the death of George Floyd and uh, Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey, when those conversations began to happen after uh, their killings and there was a rise up and people went to the streets and started to march and local churches started to have these conversations, I was really shocked about the pushback Mm -hmm. that uh, I felt within local churches to even have those conversations about race because I was really floored about the denial of systemic racism in progressive churches even. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, Autumn's using the air quotes when I say that. Um, but just really surprised about how much pushback we received in having that kind of dialogue. 
and I'm sitting there thinking about my black and brown, and we just had a conversation with Shachen uh, Caps from the Carter Baptist Fellowship talking about the murders last week in Atlanta and the Asian American community. Mm-hmm. All of these, uh, you know, people who are non-Anglo conformist uh, mm-hmm. are suffering, and how much the Anglo community in many instances push back on these conversations. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important for us to push forward. That's mm-hmm. why we're really excited about this mm-hmm. podcast. So let me just ask, before we let the three of you go, what is the one important reason that listeners need to subscribe and listen to Discovering Wholeness? So Kendall, let's start with you. Give us your pitch. Why should people be listening? <laughs> Oh, the one reason I can, oh man, I can think of, I can think of several. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that, is that trauma is so prevalent that um, there's trauma that we experience, there's trauma that we um, experience secondhand, and then there's the, the, like if you love somebody who's experienced trauma and you'd have to sort of love nobody for that to not be the case, why would we not want to to do this better? You know, why would we not want to do this better? And I think that understanding the trauma piece is so crucial to the healing process, both on an individual psychological level, but also on a communal level. Like I don't, I don't think we can address sexism well or racism well or any of these, you know, big isms well if we're not also um, sensitive and aware of the traumatic piece of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jillian, how about you? Why should people be listening? You know, thanks, Rich. I, as I'm listening to Kendall speak and I'm sitting here reflecting on two words that were coming to mind, um, and those words were hope and freedom. And the reason that those words came to my mind is that my experience has been that when people have experienced trauma and have been living often in the shadows of their lives um, because they are carrying shame and fear and they it's, it's a, a fearful thing for them to live in the world, there's been such power in the information and awareness of what does trauma actually look like? What does it look like in my life? And it isn't just about me not trying hard enough. And I can't think of how many people that I've had sitting in my office who've been in tears when I've helped them understand this isn't about you choosing anything. These are things that have happened to you and that you have experienced and it kind of takes over. So there's hope in this understanding of what's happened for individuals who've experienced trauma, but also I think hope for those who are wanting test support and just haven't known how mm. excellent and kendra you got the last word wow i, I agree with everything that kendall <laughs> and jillian have said i mean it's so many reasons why listeners should subscribe to discovering wholeness one reason particularly that i'm thinking of is because you are worth the investment in your mm. healing and education around <laughs> this particular topic that you're worthy, that this is a podcast that invites all of us to Mm -hmm. take down our shame and guilt guards, as Jillian
Jillian alluded to. This is an opportunity to discover why you may be spending um, your life in a cycle that you don't like, but it's hard to get out of. This may be a podcast that helps you understand why your loved one is showing up and the way that they're showing up that's hard for you to companion with them at this time. It'll give you new language that I believe will offer the freedom that Jillian has talked about. So those are all the reasons why. Well, you heard it here first. After the conclusion of this podcast, I want everybody who's listening, go straight to Discovering Wholeness on whatever platform you listen. Hit subscribe because on April the 6th, this podcast is going to drop and it is going to be an incredible resource and tool for many, many people. So I just want to thank Kendall and Kendra and Jillian for joining us today. But before we let you go, we've got one final question. And Mm -hmm. Autumn always has the pleasure of asking this to our guests. Our tagline at Good Faith Media is there's more to tell. So what is the discovering wholeness more to tell? You know, I, I'll say one thing that comes to mind for me is that um, the, the podcast for me is not, I don't know, just about helping other people, but it's such, it's so personal for me. I think I want to say that, you know, that, um, the more to tell is that trauma has been a part of my story mm-hmm. and that healing from trauma, um, while it's an ongoing process that I'm still undergoing, um, what I've been able to, to work through and heal so far has been remarkably transformative in my life. And so I'm doing this work um, not out of a sort of helper syndrome so much mm-hmm. as, um, because it's been meaningful to me. And I think like, this is a gift that I want to share. Beautiful. What's the final word from you two? I think for me, my more to tell is that it is possible to experience trauma and even be in a current traumatic experience that you're healing from and still thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, I too, like Kendall, am um, healing through a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. and understanding that that traumatic experience doesn't become my circumstances or my life, but it is an opportunity for me to step into deeper healing and deeper wholeness. So that's Mm -hmm. my more to tell. Love it. Thanks, Kendra. Um, I would say for me, the more to tell really held in the title, even discovering wholeness that no matter what our listeners and each of us, I also have journeyed through healing from trauma, which is partly why this is so personal for me too. Um, But that we, despite it all, are whole, we're not broken, we're not damaged, we're whole. And we're peeling back the layers of the things that we've experienced to get back to that beautiful essence um, so that we can thrive. And it is possible and there is hope. Wow. Well, three beautiful answers to that question. Thank you so much for sharing your heart. 
Thank you for sharing your lives and thank you for sharing your expertise when it comes to trauma and how you can unearth yourself. And we're looking forward mm -hmm. to the podcast. Make certain you tune in to Discovering Wholeness, uh, uh, Healing Trauma, Unearthing Self. It will drop uh, April 6th, that we said a moment ago. Make certain to subscribe. Jillian, Kendall, Kendra, thank you so much again for joining us on Good Faith Weekly. Thank you. 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 Thank Find us wherever you get your podcasts or listen online at lotcary.org. That's L-O-T-T-C-A-R-E-Y dot org. We look forward to the pilgrimage with you.